Welcome to the Dew of Heaven service with Reverend Brighton Krumah. Reverend Brighton Krumah brings you powerful and practical teachings of the Word of God, which is able to save your soul. Reverend Bright currently pastors the Bronx North Branch of the Kodesh Family Church in New York City, a church full of love, joy, and enthusiasm for the Lord. We pray that this message brings hope and light to your life. Listen and be blessed. Most Heavenly Father, we are grateful, we are thankful, we thank you for a great day, for a beautiful day. We thank you for your people who have gathered here. Lord, this gathering is not unto any man, but unto you. Therefore, let your glory shine. Minister to us, O Lord. Give us of your spirit, the great teacher, the advocate to teach us. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence this afternoon. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Please clap your hands together for Jesus as you sit on top of your enemies. Wonderful. Well, for a short time, I want to conclude a message that I started with you on our Father's Day. I began sharing with you why you should honor fathers. And I promised we couldn't finish, and I promised that we were going to finish it. Do you remember? Why you should honor fathers. Um, and I, I believe that children who are here will give ear to this message. Now, I started off by sharing with you that there are certain principles, certain principles that God had set in place in our lives, in this world, on this earth. There are certain principles that God has set and no man can change these principles. Nothing about you can change these principles. Not your circumstances. There is nothing that you can do to change these principles. Not your condition. Not your disappointment. Not your needs. And so what is important for everyone is to flow with these principles that they will work for you. Do you understand? We read a scripture in Genesis 8 and 22 and we said, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. This is a principle that God has set and you cannot change it. No matter what your situation is, no matter what your condition is, you can say, I am not a day person. I am not a morning person. And you will wish that the night is longer, that you can sleep longer. But no matter what you do, you cannot change these principles. They are principles that are set. Amen. They are principles that are set by God and your situation cannot change it. Your condition cannot change it. Your needs cannot change it. No matter what, there will be night and there will be day. Whether you like cold or not, there will be cold and there will be heat. Whether you like heat, you can find yourself all you want. The heat is not going away. The heat will be here. Because God sets these things and he says they are good. They are good. 
And if God says they are good, then they are good. So it is up to you to adjust your life, to adjust yourself. Buy the necessary clothing. Buy the necessary things so you can flow in these principles. Hallelujah. Now I shared with you one of such principles in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2 to 3, which is to do with our message. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2. It says, honor thy father and mother. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. That it may be well with you, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. This is a principle that God has set. He says, honor your father and mother. Honor both of these parents, these two people that he has set in your life. God is saying, honor your father, honor your mother. And if you do that, it may be well with you. And you will live long on earth. This is a principle and your condition cannot change it. Your situation cannot change it. Whether you like your father or not, it cannot change it. Whether you adore him, whether you respect him, whether you, he took care of you or he did not take care of you, it cannot change. God has laid a principle and so it is up to every child to adjust your heart, to adjust your mind, to adjust your life, to adjust yourself that you'll be able to honor your father and honor your mother so that it may be well with you. Hallelujah. If you want it to be well with you, then respect the principles that God has set. Hallelujah. You cannot change it. You cannot change the heat. You cannot change the cold. Neither can you change a father. And you do not choose fathers. No one chooses a father. When you are born, you don't come up with a father that you want. Amen. God chooses fathers for you. Hallelujah. It is God who chooses a father for you. So you cannot say this is not a good father. Then you are rejecting the choices that God makes. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? You cannot choose and select a father and say, I like this, I don't like it. I don't like him because he didn't take care of me in school. I don't like him because he was an alcoholic. I don't like him because he was not a good husband to my mother. You cannot change the fact that no matter who the father is, a child's responsibility is to honor the father that it may be well with you. Amen. Amen. When God gave you a father, he knew who the father was going to be. Amen. Amen. The Bible says that he knows the end from the beginning. And so last week, I began sharing with you two sons from the same father and how they responded to the father. Hallelujah. And we read a scripture about one of the sons. In Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 1, about what one of the sons sees a father. How one of the sons sees a father. Now, this is about Solomon and Absalom. The same father, David, raising them. Now, hear what Solomon says. 
He says, hear ye children, the instructions of a father and attend to no understanding. He says, children, you must hear the instructions of a father and attend to no understanding. Then he says, for I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. The doctrines of a father, they are good doctrine. Amen. I said the doctrine of a father to a son, they are good doctrine. And he says, forsake not my laws. When I instruct you, take them seriously. When I say don't do this, don't do that. When I say sit here, sit there. Amen. And when you do, you will obtain understanding. Hallelujah. The next verse. He said, for I was my father's son. This is the person that is speaking, Solomon. He says, I was my father's son. I was once a son like you. I was once a child like you. I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. I was pampered. My mother loved me because I was the only child. I was so precious to my mother. You know, there sometimes children gravitate so much to the mother because the mother has everything to offer. The mother has the food to give to the child. The mother has the milk, and the child lays in the bosom of the milk, the, the mother, and sucking the milk, and you feel good, you feel comforted. You can be crying, a child can be crying, and every person will pick the child up. The child will continue crying until the mother picks the child up and puts the child on the bosom. And you see the child falls asleep. And so this kind of life continues. And you realize that it continues such that the child now grows so close to the mother. The child grows so close to the mother, the child continues to talk to the mother, the child feels very comfortable with the mother, the child feels pouring his heart out or her heart out to the mother. But Solomon said, I was this kind of child also. But then the next verse, he says, and he taught me, my father taught me, regardless of the relationship I had with my mother, my father taught me and said unto me, let thine heart retain my words. The father sometimes is not the kind that will put you in a bosom and baby you. The father sometimes does not say too much. The father sometimes says few words. Amen. You see, the mother may conjure things and say nice things and do nice things to give you understanding and say, this person that you are going to marry, you know, do you think it is the right thing to do? Have you prayed about it? Have you thought about it? Have you looked into his family background? Have you done this? Why don't you teach? I mean, do you know? And the mother will be taught, but the father will say, don't marry him. No explanation. The father will say, marry this one, not that one. No explanation. Solomon said, this is the kind. He said, and he said unto me, let thine heart retain my words. When I say something, let it go into your heart. When I speak, let it enter into your heart. He says, let thine heart retain my words and keep my commandments and live. If you keep my commandments, you will live. 
If you want to live long, then keep my commandments. When I say sit, sit, and you will live. When I say go, go. When I say this school, that is the school you're going. When I say this place, that is the place you're going. If you keep my commandments, you will live. Hallelujah. Amen. Is somebody understanding the word of God? He says, get wisdom. Get understanding. Forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Do not decline from the words of my mouth. Hallelujah. You see, Solomon has come to appreciate the words that he inclined his heart unto. The words that he allowed to sip into his heart. And so if you continue reading verse 10, the same chapter, verse 10, he says, Hear, O my son, and receive my saying, and the years of thy life shall be many. Is he quoting Ephesians chapter 6? He says, if you hear my words and you retain them, retain my sayings, the years of your life shall be many. Amen. 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 You will live long. It will be well with you. Hallelujah. It will be well with you. Verse 13, he says, verse 13, take fast hold of instructions. Let her not go. Keep her for she is thy life. The words, the instructions that come from your father's mouth, they are your life. They are your life. Hallelujah. Now, when you are a child and a father begins to speak like this, sometimes you look at the kind of father he is. Sometimes you look at how he treats your mother. Sometimes you look at the kind of job he has. And it makes that assessment belittle the words of the father. Sometimes you look at the mistakes that he has made in life. Sometimes you look at his education, the the level of his education, and you have no value for his words. But I want to tell you, That God gives us fathers so that he, God, can father us. Amen. Amen. The Bible calls him the all-knowing God, the only wise God. And to every man, God gives gifts according to their several ability. We have several fathers. God is the only heavenly father. He's the only father that can provide everything that you need in life. He's the only father that can supply everything you need in life. Now, God will always use man to reach us. When God wants to father us, he will use man to reach us. And so, God will give you a biological father. Are you with me? He will give you a biological father. Now, the biological father brings you into this world. And he has gifts according to his several ability. Some he gives one talent. Some he gives two talents. Some he gives five talents. Perhaps your biological father is the kind of father that has one talent. Are you with me? 
But God has ordained that this father will raise you and the time that this father had the opportunity or has the opportunity to raise you, he says, let the words that come from my mouth enter into your heart. God has a plan concerning this father in your life. Are you with me? And so sometimes you will see the father not so a great husband. You will see the father not so a great worker. You will see the father not so great a hard worker. You see the father not doing so many things, but he has a role in your life. And God has set that role. And where the father falls short, another father will take over. And God says, each of these fathers, honor them. When a father comes into your life, there's a plan for that father. And you need to honor the father that it may be well with you and that thou mayest live long on earth. Hallelujah. And so, I shared with you how Absalom, as a son of David, also look at this father. He looked at David, his father, and he must have heard a lot of things that his father did. He must have heard that his father was one of the kind of fathers that would walk on the top of roofs looking at women's bathrooms. Are you with me? He learned that his father is one of the kind of fathers who will arrange for someone's husband to be killed so that he can take the wife. And Absalom had no respect for this man. He saw that his father was a kind of father whose leadership was very poor. He realized that his father is not the kind of man who takes decisions. And Absalom had no respect for his father. And so if you read the scriptures, we will not have time to read all of that. But if you read 2 Samuel chapter 15, you see Absalom organizing the whole nation of Israel against his own father. You see Absalom organizing people. He will call people who will come to see the king and Absalom will be at the gate and he will wait on these people and when they come, He said, you have a great case. You have a good case. When I listen to you, you have a good case. But we don't have a good leader. We don't have a good king. We don't have a king who has come to give us justice. If I were the king, oh, give me your hand. And he will take your hand and he will kiss you like this. And the Bible says, through this, Absalom turned the whole heart of Israel to himself. And turn them against David. Amen. Amen. Now when you look at Solomon and Absalom. Solomon is the king that reigned after his father. Despite his six other brothers. He's the one that reigned after his father. Solomon is the king that built the first temple of God in Jerusalem. Solomon also saw, must have heard, the things that his father did. But the words of his father, he valued them. The words of his father, he says, they entered into his heart. He gave honor to his father. Solomon is described as one of the wealthiest of all the kings of Israel. He is described as a great man of wisdom. 
Solomon had great power and he reigned over a large kingdom. And the Bible says there was peace all around him. A child that honors a father. Solomon is a son that wrote three books in the Bible. He wrote the book, the book of Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the Songs of Solomon. Hallelujah. Now, Absalom, he became a fugitive after he murdered his half-brother Amnon for raping his sister Tamar. He became a fugitive. Absalom conspired to overthrow his father, King David, and declare himself king in Hebron. Absalom chased his father out of Jerusalem. Absalom slept with his father's concubines, his father's wives. He decided to sleep with them and disgrace his father. The Bible says that he wanted to disgrace his father beyond repair. In 2 Samuel 16, 21 and 22. He said, so Absalom did not live for long. He died at an early age. Today, Absalom is used as a bad example of a son. Hallelujah. In the Jewish rabbinical teachings, Absalom is used as a bad example. There is a place in Jerusalem where you pass by and you throw a stone at Absalom's tomb. Just throw, and no child wants to be like Absalom. No child is named Absalom. There are many children called David. There are many children called Solomon, but no child is called Absalom. Do you want to name your child Absalom? Why do you not want to name your child Absalom? Now, I want to say that God knows the deficiencies in men. And God knows that no one father can raise a child. So he, the heavenly father, when he wants to father you, he gives you several fathers. We have several fathers. You see, when you read the book of Jude, chapter, verse, um, verses 24 and 25, it says, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding glory and exceeding joy. That person is God. He says, to the only wise God. He's the only wise God. And now to every man that God gives you to father you, he gives a certain amount of talent according to his several ability. Hallelujah. Amen. So your biological father, God gives him a certain talent to father you. And so you realize that there is a relay of fathers. And I want to pick one particular person and show you the relay of fathers that came into his life. And that is a person of Moses. How many of you know Moses' biological father? You see, not many people know him. Moses' biological father was Amram. Have you heard that before? Yeah, it's a name. According to Exodus 6 and verse 20. That was Moses' biological father. He gave birth to Moses. Amen. Amen. So the only thing we heard about him, really, was giving birth to Moses, whom he didn't even give name. You know, he says, and Amram took him 
Jochebed, his father's sister to wife. So Amram married his aunt. <laughs> and she bare him Aaron and Moses. And the years of the life of Amram were 137 years. Wow. When you read Exodus chapter 2, you will realize that there was a time in the life of Moses, when Moses was born, that Pharaoh has commanded that all sons be killed. All sons of the Hebrew women be killed. Now, you will find Moses' mother doing everything she could to save Moses. Are you with me? Moses' mother was doing everything she could to save Moses. The Bible says she hid Moses for Six, three months. Moses was grown as a child for three months. And after three months, she could not hide him anymore. Now, where was Amram? All this while. You see, there are certain fathers, when they are looking to kill you, like Joseph, he will take you and he will run away. Are you with me? Certain fathers have one talent. Others have two talents. Amram didn't have a talent to run. Amram Amram didn't have a talent to hide children. So perhaps he told Moses' mother, this child is becoming a trouble for us. Are you with me? But God gave him a seed to bring forth Moses. And Moses ought to honor his father Amram. Regardless, So when Moses' mother could not hide him anymore, she decided now to discard of Moses somehow. So there was this basket, and I believe that perhaps Amram made a basket. (laughs) It says, if it's a basket you need, here's a basket. And then he tied the basket, he sealed the basket, so that water cannot come inside the basket. Amram did something to help save Moses' life. Amen. And so the mother now took the basket, put water in it, and realized, he said, there's a leak here. Take the basket and go and fix it. And Amram took the basket again. And then he went and painted the basket again. Painted it, painted it, and then brought it. If this is your real son, would you let him sit in a basket like this? Please go and fix it. Amram would take the basket quietly and go and paint it until the basket was waterproof. Waterproof basket for Moses. You see, when it comes to children, mothers and their children, they do everything in their power. But fathers, some fathers, they only know how to make a basket here. Whatever you want to do with it, here. So the mother put the child in the basket. And the mother, the father didn't go. The mother with her daughter, Miriam, went to the river Nile and dropped Moses on the river. The father was nowhere. Then the sister, Miriam, stood somewhere to watch what will happen to this child. And then, Pharaoh's daughter came to bath. And then she found a child that was crying. And he says, this must be one of the Hebrew woman's son. So, she took the child. And immediately, Miriam came. 
and said, do you want a Hebrew, one of the Hebrew nurses to raise this child for you, to win the child? I have one, a good one for you. And right away, she brought her mother, and her mother took the child. Wow. What an arrangement. So as Moses was growing up, perhaps his mother would be telling him, this is your useless father. If it was left to him alone, you would have died. He wanted me to get rid of you. He didn't have anything to do with your life. Moses' mother could have heard all these things. But God had a plan for Moses. When Moses' father fell short, God raised another father. Now Pharaoh is supposed to continue off where Amram left off. And so the child Moses was brought into the palace of Pharaoh. Another father. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So there is what we call substitute father. Substitute father. And all these fathers, they have roles to play in your life. Moses' father could have been anyone. Moses' father could have been an alcoholic. He could have been any person. He could have been anything. But Moses, as a child, has a responsibility of honoring his father. Is somebody understanding the word of God this afternoon? And so now, Pharaoh, in Pharaoh's house, God had plans for Moses. God knows that this child, Moses, is going to be the one that is supposed to set his people, take his people out of Egypt. And so the man needs to learn about kinship. The man needs to learn about leadership. The man needs to learn about leading people. Hallelujah. The man cannot be raised by a slave called Amram. Amen. Amen. The man cannot raise a man. You see, some of you, if you were left alone with a biological father, he never talked to you about school. Are you with me? He never mentioned to you about school. But there was a father that God raised who said, you ought to go to school. You ought to do this. You ought to do that. Some of you, your biological fathers never talked to you about marriage. But God will raise a father in your life that will teach you how to be a good woman, how to be a good wife, how to be a good husband. God raised up fathers to continue on where one father left off. And so now Pharaoh is raising Moses up to be a great leader. Amen. And so you see Pharaoh teaching Moses about government. Teaching Moses about how to meet dignitaries. Teaching Moses how to appear before kings. What to say. What to do. How to dine with kings. Amen. Amen. He taught him to be, not to have the slave mentality. Because if you are a slave, you cannot lead the other slaves. Amen. Amen. And when the time came. For Moses to enter into ministry, God now has to orchestrate and ordain such that Moses will be taken out of Pharaoh's house. Because there was no priest in Pharaoh's house. Amen. Amen. And so, when things are happening to you, they look like an accident. When one father didn't take care of you and is moving you to another father, it looks like an accident. But God has plans for every stage of your life. So when Moses was ready to enter into ministry, God took him out 
Moses went out, saw the two of his brethren fighting, and he went to settle the issue. And that time he's not trained as a minister. He doesn't know how to handle matters. For Moses, if you play the fool, he just gives you a back, break your neck, and he's gone. That is how he knows. He's raised a prince. Are you with me? And so Moses caused this problem, and now he's wanted. And it looks as if now Moses' life is miserable, but God was moving him away from the palace. And God took him into the wilderness. And God took him stranded and running around until he gets to another father, Jethro. The priest of Midian. Because Moses needs training. And now Jethro has to teach Moses to become a shepherd. So now Moses, a prince, living in a palace, is now learning how to be a shepherd. Is somebody understanding the word of God? He's learning how to be a shepherd. He's learning because if you are going to live a whole, you are going to take a whole nation, God has to teach you that when you are leading a whole nation, when you are leading men and women and children, you ought to be like that shepherd who knows that there are little sheep, there are baby ones, there are grown ones, there are older ones, and they all ought to go with you. So as a shepherd, you know how to walk in a certain pace that you bring them all with you. Amen. Amen. That Moses could not learn from Pharaoh. Hallelujah. Jethro now has to teach Moses patience. When you are a shepherd, you need patience. When you are a shepherd, people's lives matter to you. When you are a shepherd, one of your sheep will go away and you will go and find it. You will not leave one behind. And that was the plan that God had for Moses. That he would take his whole nation out of another nation. And so now Jethro has to train Moses. This is a new father in Moses' life. What Amram could not do. What Pharaoh could not do. God has raised another father, Jethro, to take over. Relay of fathers. Hallelujah. So he taught Moses to respect the high and the low. He taught Moses to honor, to respect the elderly. He taught Moses real ministry work. Amen. Amen. You see, if God had not brought Moses out of Pharaoh's home and brought him to Jethro and had taken Moses, he says, go. Just from Pharaoh's, because from, in Pharaoh's house, Moses got the best of education. Moses knew the laws. Moses was well versed in the word. He could write. God needed someone to be trained, someone to be educated, who could write his words down. Amram could not have done that. Yes, there are deficiencies in your fathers, but you ought to honor them. They have roles that they play in your life. So now, if God had just taken Moses from Pharaoh's house, and say, go and take my people out. Lead them. 
It would not have been easy for the people. Moses would have killed all of them before they reached the promised land. Because for Moses, when he was coming out of the palace, when he was coming out of Pharaoh's house, if you play the fool, he will just give you and give you and then you are dead. You, you are not going, he will give you, kill him, and then he, we are moving on. That is what he knew. That is how he knew to settle issues. He had no patience. He had no patience to talk with people. Are you with me? So now God needs to bring him to a priest to teach him shepherding. How to shepherd people. How to move the people with patience. Amen. Amen. And so now Moses leading the people. Moses has been trained, ready. And God says, now you are ready. Now you are not a slave mentality anymore. Now you don't have the prince pompous life and mentality anymore. Now you are ready as a shepherd, as a minister, as a priest, as a Levite to lead my people. Go and lead my people. All these fathers have roles to play in a child's life. Hallelujah. So now finally... When Moses brought the people to a certain place. You have taught me patience. I have to have patience to teach the people. I have to have patience to settle the people's issues. When the orangus, do you know who are orangus? When people who are some way, people who are against me, when they rise up, I should just be patient with them. So Moses now has learned a lot of patience. And now, the people have a lot of issues. And so he will sit down from morning to night trying to settle the people's issues. Who comes in again? Not God. Not God. God ought to appoint a father to come and teach him what to do. He was complaining to God. He was complaining and said, the people are too much. Their issues are too many. I can't handle this. Did I give birth to these ones? Did I do this? God brought Jethro, the priest, again. And it looked as if it was an accident. He says he was coming, bringing Moses' wife and the sons. We came to visit. And then Jethro observed, Jethro observed how Moses was sitting with the children. He says, When Jethro, the priest of Midian, Moses' father-in-law, heard of all that God had done for Moses and for Israel, his people, and that the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. We're reading this last scripture and then we close. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took Zipporah, Moses' wife, after he had sent her back. Continue. And her two sons, of which the name of one this and one that. Continue. And the name of the other was this and that. Continue. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his sons and his wife unto Moses into the wilderness where he encamped. And he said unto Moses, I, thy father-in-law Jethro, am come into thee and thy wife and her two sons with her. Father-in-law. So you see, now father-in-law is becoming a great person in your life. Some of you don't like your father-in-laws. You say everything you are following your son. Everything you are following your daughter. Everything you are following and you don't like your fathers. So when they begin to speak wisdom, you close your ears. Amen. 
Some of you, you will not even have married if it wasn't for certain fathers that speak sense into your head and say, you have to marry. Some of you, certain fathers will select people for you and say, this one, take. Are you with me? Not your biological father. So now he says, and he said unto Moses, continue. And Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and made obedience, kissed him. Had, and Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done unto Pharaoh and unto the Egyptians for Israel's sake and so on and so forth, how he had delivered them. And Jethro rejoiced for all the goodness which the Lord had done to Israel. Continue. And Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord who had delivered you out of the hand of Egypt, the Egyptians, and out of the hand of Pharaoh, and who had delivered the people from under the hand of Egyptians. Continue. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods, for in the thing wherein they dealt proudly, he was above them. Continue. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took a burnt offering and sacrifices for God and Aaron came and all the elders came and they feasted with him before the Lord continued. And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses said, sat to judge the people. And the people stood by Moses from the morning unto the evening. Then, when, and when Moses' father-in-law, not Amram, not Pharaoh, when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he did to the people, he said, what is this thing that thou doest to the people? Why sittest thou thyself alone and all the people stand by thee from morning unto evening? Look at real shepherdorial work. And Moses said unto his father-in-law, because the people come unto me to inquire of God. When they have a matter, they come unto me and I judge between one and another. And I do make them know the statutes of God and his laws. And Moses' father-in-law said unto him, The thing that thou doest is not good. Say to your neighbor, The thing that thou doest is not good. When your father says what you are doing is not good, let it enter into your heart. When your father-in-law says what you are doing is not good, stop it, stop it. You don't need understanding. You don't need explanation. He says, let my words enter into your heart. You will get understanding later. Thou will surely wear away, both thou and this people, that is with thee. For this thing is too heavy for thee. Thou art not able to perform it thyself alone. Hearken now unto my voice. Hearken now unto my voice. Listen now to my instructions. Listen now to my advice. I will give thee counsel. I will advise you. And God shall be with thee. Whenever a father advises you and you take it, whether you understand it or not, because God says, honor father. If you honor father, God will be with you. Amen. I say, God will be with you. He said, be thou for the people to God what? Can you have the New Living Translation quickly? Let's read it quickly. To God what? And towards God. And about God. And for God. 
He says, teach them God's decrees. He says, now listen to me. Very good. Now listen to me and let me give you a word of advice. And may God be with you. You should continue to be the people's representative before God. Bringing their disputes to him. Now listen to me and let me give you a word of advice. And may God be with you. You should continue to be the people's representative before God. Bringing their dispute to him. He says, listen to me. Listen to me. And let my advice enter into your heart. God will help you. So the next verse, he says, teach them God's decrees and give them his instructions. Show them how to conduct their lives. But select from all the people some capable, honest men who fear God and hate bribes. Appoint them as leaders over groups of 1,000, 100, 50, and 10. This is the father-in-law. This he didn't learn from university. <laughs> university of Pharaoh did not teach him. You see, you think you are in America, so your father who didn't go to school cannot advise you. You think you have degrees, so your father who does not have degrees cannot speak to you. But to every man, he has given according to their several ability or for the sons and daughters. So this plan, he says, appoint them as leaders. Select some wise ones, some smart ones, ones who are loyal to you. Select them and appoint them as leaders over groups. Give one person 1,000, another give them 100, another 50, another 10, according to their several ability. They should always be available to solve the people's common disputes. But have them bring the major cases to you. Let the leaders decide the smaller matters themselves. They will help you carry the load, making the task easier for you. Wow. wow. Put your hands together for Jethro. What a father-in-law. What a father-in-law. He says, if you follow this advice, and if God commands you to do so, then you will be able to endure the pressures and all these people will go home in peace. And you will also have peace. You want to have peace? Hearken to the voice of the Father. Moses did what? Moses did what? Listen to who? His father-in-law's advice. Moses listened to his father-in-law's advice and followed his suggestions. He chose capable men from all among the people of Israel, appointed them as leaders, and so on. Some thousand, some hundred, some fifty, and some ten. These men were always available to solve the people's problems. They brought the major cases to Moses, but they took care of the smaller matters themselves. Hallelujah. Amen. I said, Hallelujah. Amen. Soon after this, Moses said goodbye to his father in law who returned to his own land. He was done as father in Moses' life. That was the end. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Children, honor thy father and mother. He said, this is the first commandment with the promise, that it may be well with you and that thou mayest live long. Hallelujah. Clap your hands together for the Lord and stand to your feet as we bring the service to a close. Father, we are thankful. We are grateful. We thank you for your word.
we thank you lord for this afternoon we thank you father for your spirit we thank you for the wisdom that you have imparted into the hearts of your children lord we thank you for opening our eyes to this all-important principle that we ought to honor our fathers and our mothers oh we are grateful we thank you for your word we thank you for the wisdom we thank you for the light that has come into our lives father there are many of us who have expected to receive everything from our biological fathers lord we expected that our biological fathers must provide everything in our lives and lord when we see the deficiencies when we see the setbacks in our lives we blame these biological fathers when we see the things that we are not able to do in life we look back in our lives and we blame our biological fathers but lord these are not the only fathers that you give us you give us several fathers different fathers to raise us different fathers to care for us father there are several things that our biological fathers could not provide but lord you raise other fathers to care for us a lot of us have not honored our fathers because we didn't have the understanding we thought that they were supposed to be perfect fathers we thought that they were supposed to be like god to provide us with all that we need but lord today we understand that to each man you give according to their several ability there are certain biological fathers that can do so much sometimes we look at other fathers and we look compared to our own fathers and we say look at this and we develop animosity against our fathers but lord there is a role for every father that comes into our lives and as children lord give us the heart of solomon to honor our fathers deliver us from the spirit of absalom deliver us from the nature of absalom the nature that finds faults in our fathers the nature that looks at the deficiencies in our fathers but lord let them be transformed into honoring them that it may be well with us that we may live long on earth we thank you lord we give you glory in jesus name amen now with all eyes closed every head bow if you are here you are not born again you want to give your life to jesus you want to receive jesus as your personal savior you are saying pastor pray with me i want to receive jesus into my life i want to be born again the bible says except a man be born again except you are born again you cannot enter into the kingdom of god if you are a person here you are saying pastor pray with me if you were to die today you don't know where you are going but beloved heaven and hell are real places heaven and hell are real places and you will only find out when you die or when jesus comes but when that day comes there is no turning back
It's like a child who is born into this world. However you come out, you can go back into your mother's womb and repair a damage. But this, this afternoon, you have the opportunity to repair that. To receive Jesus Christ into your life. If you are here like that, you want to give your life to Jesus. Wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to welcome Jesus Christ into my life. I want to receive Jesus. Just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. You don't want to die and go to hell. This afternoon, right now, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Receive Jesus and receive salvation. Is there anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? You may not have this chance again. You are hearing a voice. He said, this is it. This is it. You have heard this many times, but you brush it off. Beloved, this may be the last time you are having that opportunity. We don't know. If that is you, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? You want to give your life to Jesus? Now with all heads bowed, why don't you all say this prayer with me? Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Lord Jesus, I have sinned against you. I have fallen short of your glory. This afternoon, I come to you just as I am. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Lord Jesus, wash me with your blood. I welcome you into my life. Lord Jesus, be my Lord. Be my master. Be my savior. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me today. In Jesus' name, amen. We believe you've been blessed by this timely and powerful message. We invite you to join us on Sunday afternoons for our Duel of Heaven service and Tuesday evenings for our Word Power service. For more messages by Rev. Brian Nkrumah, please subscribe to the QFC Bronx North podcast or contact us at 929-247-0738. Stay blessed.